G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. As we do on a Thursday, always good to check in with Charles Newington from Family Voice Australia, who's been reflecting this week on the biggest issues that are shaping so far as freedom of speech, freedom of religion goes. Uh, Charles Newington, a special welcome back to 2020. Oh, thank you, Neil. I was thinking I'm going to visit more hospital waiting rooms to see if how many people are sitting there with uh, radios glued to their ears. <laughs> I know. Actually, it could be quite dangerous. Uh, I would say don't try this at home. Well, you actually do want people to try it at home, but <laughs> if you take it literally, yes, uh, getting the super glue out and putting that on, no, no, don't do that. <laughs> Charles, freedom of speech, uh, big cost in Australia these days. The battle is not only on the political front, but as we've noted, it's on the sporting field. It's in the media. It's mm. on university campuses. And mm. a little bit of discussion this week around university campuses where leaders are generally denying that there's a free speech problem on our campuses. Uh, you wouldn't know that from some of the uh, issues that seem to emerge there. What are your thoughts on what's been happening? Yes, I noticed that uh, Michael, uh, Matthew Lash, writing in The Australian uh, this week, said that um, he noted that there'd been research done by the IPA, actually, that found four out of five of our 42 universities have policies hostile to or have actually taken action against free speech on the campus. And so he, uh, you know, Lash is sort of saying, where do they get this idea that we haven't got a problem on campuses from? And um, I, I, I'm reminded by uh, the Philip. Philip Ruddock inquiry, who he, he said a simpler thing, you know, we've travelled through Australia and there's, and there's not a problem with religious discrimination, he concluded. And yet, um, you know, I've, I went to that commission myself with, um, with a number of churches that were expressing their concerns and individuals. So you, you do wonder how people gather information, don't right. you? <laughs> well, so you've, got these, real issue. you've yep. got these ideas of issue. being insulting and offensive and uh, how one side tries to shut the other side down and typically uh, the left side uh, that's happening in uh, student groups on university campuses. Uh, and, and yet there's not much attention at all given to what we would describe as very controversial, very dangerous yeah. ideas. Yes, yeah, so I, I think about, um, you know, uh, really controversial ideas like Peter Singer, you know, the uh, so-called philosopher uh, Peter S uh, Singer, who 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 was promoting the idea of infanticide um, that that it should be okay in the case in the case of certain disabilities. So if a child is born with a disability that wasn't picked up in, in, in you know in the womb, uh, that uh, that it should be it should be terminated there on the um, on the on the bench as it were. Um, or or um, you, you know there's that issue that's been happening in Europe for quite a while now with, uh, where a euthanasia is, is sort of going feral and, and people are, are choosing euthanasia because of emotional trauma and, and recently we had another case of a 17 year old girl who, who 
who said that you know her experiences, her rape experiences, just kept play, playing like a uh, you know like a a brainworm in her mind, and uh, and her life was wasn't worth living, and and they 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 gave her a wish, and um, you know um, th- these are the sorts of issues that um, you'd think that legislators and uh, and academics would uh, would kind of uh, recoil at as they see the trajectory of some of the directions of our social policy, but. Uh, they just seem immune to it and um, they keep right on course it's not going to happen in Australia type thing and yet we know we know that when we did have a a, a euthanasia for instance uh, for a brief season in the Northern Territory there were only a number of cases but but a number of those cases they were certainly not um, you know terminal illness issues they were they were they had strong psychological uh, reasons for people wishing to to uh, to end their lives and so they pulled the plug on it charles the government is deliberating right now in fact as i understand it they're workshopping all sorts of things that might happen with their uh, legislation they're planning to introduce into the parliament trying to uh, shore up or deal with in some legislative way uh, these issues around freedom of speech, uh, freedom of religion. There's some discussion that's going on this week that suggests that attempts to secure free speech may actually have the opposite effect. Uh, what are your thoughts for what's being talked about? Well, this is certainly being uh, being floated about uh, free speech on university campuses, which are kind of like a, a social hothouse, aren't they? You know, everything's happening um, to the nth degree on on a campus, and uh, so um, I've called it, um, you know, that they're visiting speaker. Or that what they're saying is that visiting speakers um, must be able to demonstrate that their um, that their work uh, is is acceptable to a certain academic standard or whatever. You know, it's the university equivalent of a pub test you know that they they kind of um, sort of say well we're all qualified to this level so if there's a visitor coming onto the campus they must be recognized by their peers to a particular standard and, uh, of excellence before we'll give them the right to speak on our campus that kind of mentality and they don't see that that uh, that, that 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 is actually a form of limitation <laughs> And um, so, you know, I think about the number of areas of research, uh, really groundbreaking research that have come from outside of this this uh, kind of club, this academic club. You know, that's so much of, of, of the great breakthroughs have been by people who I haven't had those qualifications or or have um, have just fallen upon a great uh, a great solution to something. Um, uh, and so, you know, this. This issue is is um, is a very real issue, and it's uh, and yet I would suggest that the that in a secular society, freedom of religion has more traction. No, sorry, freedom of speech has more traction as an issue than freedom of religion. You know, to secularists, religion is just about um, outdated and problematic ideas. Whereas um, freedom of speech is is about things like you know what the media can say without being held, brought up before court or or what an academic can say. So I think that you know we must recognise that that our, our our faith is actually a freedom of speech issue. Um, uh, it's just as much a freedom of speech issue as a, uh, as it is a freedom of religion issue. Uh, some people will be thinking that challenges around freedom of speech are something that's new, that this has never happened in the history 
of civilization before, but uh, Western civilization has a long history of challenges around freedom of speech and the tensions between groups that have come to power and, and then those who have uh, fought against the oppression there. Uh, give us a little history lesson here, Charles, because, uh, because this is a very interesting one because uh, we might assume that this is something that's new and never been talked about before. Well, uh, there are lots of historical precedents uh, where things have happened and been resolved successfully. Uh, give us a little uh, insight here into your thoughts on the history of Western civilization. Yes, well, um, try to do this quickly, but um, in the 16th century, uh, the tensions between the Roman Catholic community and the emerging Reformation, you know, what we think of as Protestantism, these tensions, uh, they just erupted into conflicts and wars and all sorts of things like that. But of course, they weren't just religious uh, by nature. The, the, what would happen is a region would identify itself as Protestant, say, and therefore it became a political as well as a religious tension issue. But the wars went on for long periods of time, and one of the primary factors was to do with um, whether they were Catholic or non-Catholic. Uh, and and those, those wars and tensions, the church at the time, the Roman Catholic Church at the time in Europe, had such a great deal of power, and, and it was so intertwined with the, uh, with the various uh, political entities, you know, and, and it, it was, it was, it was a, a, a global power, as it were. You know, there were Catholics everywhere, and the power of, uh, of the Pope and uh, Catholicism just, just over, uh, overflowed across boundaries. And, and so they could, interfect, they could interfere with various states and, and the internal politics of various states. And so the, the Treaty of Westphalia, which took quite a long time to work out, the Peace of Westphalia, it was two years and over a hundred, you know, uh, conversations, long political conversations during that time, finally came to a place where they established things like the right of nations to coexist sovereignly um, and not to be interfered with by political or religious um, um, parties from outside and it was the beginning of modern diplomacy and the, the beginning of this whole notion of the balance of powers and and it was arising basically out of the tensions within the, the church the, the catholic and the protestant uh, uh, and and the influence of church and state so what we that's that that that's uh, the kind of you know that's the hard core of the subject but there are many 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 other examples and we we now are in a new phase of interference because we're seeing that uh, things like fake news and using social media to influence elections and this sort of thing is is another kind of iteration of of um, of a nation trying to affect the elections in another nation or and east west tensions for instance and and the, and how this is rocking the boat and disturbing the balance of powers idea because the balance of powers idea is this that we've all got to coexist on this planet and we've all got to somehow conduct ourselves as nations in a way that doesn't destroy the whole economy and burn the whole world up in conflagrations so it's a fine balance but it all arose out of the, the you know the big big religious debates well, big religious debates of the past, and when you mention Westphalia back in the 17th century, uh, at least they had something that they were able to draw on as some sort of foundation for agreement, and that was that uh, the two sides were, in fact, Christian. Now you've got introduced into the mix here the secularist, atheist... Yeah. 
socialist communist side and then you've even got this uh, other mix and there's been a history of division of course between Christianity and Islam there's all sorts mm. of differences and perhaps it's more sophisticated today how would you describe whether this is a uh, you know even more sophisticated and a need for looking at those examples through history where there has been able to be resolution in these sorts of issues Yes, I think the thing that is similar is that that um, say in the Catholic Protestant divide back then in the 16th century and 17th century, there was a tendency. It was very like the of the silo issue, you know, where they built their theologies and they built their worldviews very much within their silos. And at some point, the people have to get out of the silos. Uh, and 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 stand under God's great blue sky, um, and uh, uh, both of them standing under God and and having an open and respectful conversation, and um, and this this is something that as part of the great Western tradition, you know, the great Western tradition is sooner or later we have to talk to each other mano mano, heart to heart, mind to mind, respectfully, and stop the shouting. Uh, and um, I think that this, the conversation that's going on in Australian society is part of that process. And and you can sense that the public and people are starting to get to a point where they say, this has gone on for long enough. We, we've, got to, we've got to sort of tell the radicals on both sides, just calm down and try, try and find some kind of... Uh, some kind of resolution that enables us to get back to living together and not burning each other's houses down. And that takes time. It takes time. It, t- <laughs> it took a long time in Europe. But, and I think it'll happen quicker here now. But, um, but it, it's, it's the radicals on the extremes, you know, that, that tend to amplify, um, that tend to ampli- amplify the tensions and keep throwing logs on the fire. Interesting, you talk about a respectful conversation. As Christian believers, we recognise where we can have that foundation for a respectful conversation. And I suspect, even on the other side, those who are trying to oppress Christianity right now, uh, they may have the remnants of the capacity to have a respectful conversation because of the Christian foundations in a nation like Australia, or if we're talking more widely in the Western world. But those foundations do seem to be deteriorating and this idea of respectful, civil conversation is becoming a little less uh, easy. I wonder whether you've got any reflection on on the difficulties there that may well even you know spiral out of control. I think that uh, that's uh, you know that's not a new situation. I mean that's a that's a typical global situation. One of the things that the Christian theology or the Christian worldview brings to this is that all human beings are in the image of God. All human beings have an equal value to God. And whenever we talk to people, it's so important to remember that and not to allow their, their distinction, of which might be their sexuality or their race or their gender or whatever, to, to, over, to overshadow the fact that, that their humanity is more than that distinction and that their value to God and, and, and to society and to us as, uh, as, as fellow human beings. Uh, it must not be obliterated because of the fact that we're shouting about one particular peculiarity. And I think that, um, you know, we have to lead in that as Christians. We have to remember that, that we are not just talking about a rabble or, a, you know, people that are just uh, tr- trying to burn down churches. You know, we're talking about human beings, and, and, and it's always been our responsibility to be the moderate uh, to be the moderating influence, you know. Sometimes, and I don't like to be necessarily quoting him, but um, but um, 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 Martin um, 
Luther Jr., you know. Martin Luther he, King, yep. Yes, Martin Luther King just quotes that whole idea of the fact that the church is, uh, is neither left nor right, but it's the conscience of society. And it's neither the servant nor the master, but the conscience. And, and when, when we talk about that, we, we're not sort of saying we're the, naughty, we're the ones that are telling everybody else that they're naughty. What we're saying is that we are, we are saying that there are, there's, there's these great principal values like, like, uh, like humanity and like the inalienable rights of people to freedom of speech and freedom of religion and freedom of association and freedom of property. These things that are so vital to, to society. You know, that, that we must never forget that and never get partisan and never get just party interest, self-interested. We've got to keep going back to what's good for all of humanity and all of society. And, and uh, that takes... That takes... Uh, um, that takes leadership. It does. And always appreciate your thoughts on these issues. You take us... A little deeper each time, Charles Newington. Absolutely fabulous commentary today as we reflect on some of these things. I'll point people to the Family Voice website and you have great resources, you have great articles reflecting on some of these deeper ideas about what Christians feel, what Christians think, uh, how Christians are active in these areas of uh, social influence. Uh, familyvoice.org.au is the website for Family Voice Australia familyvoice.org.au Charles Newington is the National Director of Family Voice Australia Charles, appreciate you very much uh, look forward to our next catch up the Lord's blessing well, on thank you, you thanks for being with us <laughs> thank you very much before you go, thanks for listening there's lots more great audio on demand or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au and remember, Vision is listener supported Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.